Honor AANHPI heritage, communities, and families today by getting vaccinated for a safer tomorrow. Vaccination greatly reduces your chance of having COVID symptoms like fatigue, pain, and memory problems that last for months. Protect your tomorrow with a vaccine today. Talk to a doctor if you have questions. Find vaccines and boosters near you at vaccines.gov. We can do this. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Hey guys, welcome to the Asian Hustle Network podcast. My name is Brian. And my name is Maggie. And we interview Asian entrepreneurs around the world to amplify their voices and empower Asians to pursue their dreams and goals. We believe that each person has a message and a unique story from their entrepreneurial journey that they can share with all of us. Welcome to the Asian Hustle Network podcast. Today, we have a very special guest with us. Her name is Dr. Jia Chu. Dr. Chu is a Korean-Canadian and a board-certified medical and cosmetic doctor who currently practices in Canada. She completed her undergraduate training in health sciences at McMaster University, followed by medical school at the University of Ottawa and family medicine residency at McMaster University. Following the residency training, she completed extensive training in injectables and laser devices through Canadian Board of Aesthetic Medicine where she remains as an active member. Dr. Ju is a founder of Boss Injectors, a community to support other cosmetic injectors in their journeys. She enjoys providing preventative and comprehensive care with special interests in skin health and cosmetic medicine. Outside of her work, she is a mentor to learners at different stages of training and a huge advocate of self-care and wellness. Additionally, she uses social media platforms, including Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube to educate the public and share her interests that range from medicine, health, and skincare. Dr. Ju, welcome to the show. Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode on the Asian Hustle Network podcast. Today we have Gia. Gia, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me here, Brian. Of course, I'm so excited to finally have you in the podcast. I think we met a couple months ago via Zoom, uh, and then we had the opportunity to meet again in person, and now we're having you back in the podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what a coincidence. I'm very happy to be here and also looking forward to answering all your questions. <laughs> of course. So we dive into the first question that you always ask our guests. Tell us about mm-hmm. yourself and what your upbringing was like. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I also just want to like let the audience know a little bit about myself before I kind of jump into my upbringing. So I'm Dr. G, but I also go by Dr. Gia on my social media platform. And I'm a Korean-Canadian, currently working here in Canada. So I completed my higher education as well as medical training here in Canada, as well as extensive training in injectables and cosmetic medicine after I completed my residency here. So currently I work as a family doctor uh, with special interest in skin health and cosmetic medicine. So I work in variety settings, including medical clinics, as well as medical spas. And I think that really keeps my work exciting and very fulfilling as well. In terms of my main areas of interest, I would say would include first skincare and wellness. And second would be education. So I'm very passionate about providing mentorship to various like learners at different stages in their life. So that would include like pre-medical students, medical students, as well as other cosmetic injectors. And the other thing is empowering other people by forming a community And I think that's what I try to do on my social media platforms, including like TikTok, as well as Instagram and YouTube. And I also recently founded a community called like Boss Injectors. And that's just to connect with other cosmetic injectors and also support them along their journeys. Wow, (laughs) that's quite the introduction and achievement 
right? And yeah, I mean, you're doing so much already. You always, for you guys don't know, Gia is such a bright soul. Like she light up the room whenever she talks and smiles and she's a really good person overall. <laughs> so I can see. Oh, thank you so much, Brian. That's very nice of you to say that. Of course. And you know, it's, I think you fit really well at family medicine where it's like, mm -hmm. it's very welcoming, very, you know, you make everything feel like it's going to be okay. So thank you for that. <laughs> That's awesome. That's the best compliment I can get as a family doctor. Of course. <laughs> but yeah, let's talk a little bit more about your journey in becoming a doctor, right? Of course, there's this Asian stereotype where we want <laughs> our kids to be doctors, lawyers, engineers, and you're a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> how much of that was, do you feel like was pressure from your family or how much of it was compared to like how much you want to be a doctor? So if I have to be like completely honest, I'm not going to lie that I didn't have any pressure or some kind of influence my parents. They did kind of plant the idea that, you know, maybe I should consider becoming a doctor, but I don't think they're pushy enough to say like, that's what you have to become. And I definitely had like a lot of other personal experiences that really led me to pursue medicine. So I can actually talk a little bit more about that part, because I think that's a question that I guess like get asked so many times from other people and whenever I get asked a question I really feel like I need to give a little bit of time because it's been a long journey just to get to where I am today I would say one of the big influence that I had in my life that really you know started me to consider medicine was because of my childhood experience suffering from atopic dermatitis it's also known as eczema very common but mine was definitely on the more severe side so during that time I was say like I would often miss schools and also spend like countless nights not being able to sleep because of itching and scratching. I also had to check out like multiple different hospitals just to find the right care providers. And at the time, I was very blessed that I had this pediatrician who was able to kind of follow and support me along my journey because that was the most, I would say, personally like challenging time in a way because during the teenagehood, you know how that's when you're trying to form the identity about yourself. And the time, because of how I look with the skin condition, I felt like I was being judged by so many people during the time. And really, I would say my self-confidence, my self-image like hit rock bottom. But because I was able to have such an awesome provider who was able to kind of support me along my journey there, I think she became my role model to maybe like, you know, get an inspiration to become someone like her who can like support other people along their journey when they need me. So I would say that was my most inspiration that I got when I was young back in Korea. And when I came to Canada, I was in grade 10. So my whole family immigrated here. And I would say overall, the life was pretty challenging in a way that I had to integrate myself into a new life here in Canada with like different language, different culture, and also you know, navigating through a different educational system. But I think by then I kind of knew that I wanted to try, you know, going into medicine. So I worked myself you know, hard to excel in different aspects, including academics, extracurricular research. And I also did attend um, a lot of networking opportunities where I could talk to like other doctors and get a bit of inspiration and then why they chose medicine. And I think that's where I felt like, okay, I think this could be a right fit for me based on like what I love doing, including like math and science. And also after going to undergraduate program, I confirmed that I love 
learning about like human anatomy, physiology, how like body works. And I also did a lot of extensive volunteering in the healthcare related fields, including like nursing home and long-term care homes. And I loved the interaction that I could have with the other people and caring for them. And I think that overall really solidified my, you know, pursuit that I want to go into medical field. Wow. Uh, it comes in a very pure place, and that's pretty rare. <laughs> Man, I don't want to call my my high school friends who became doctors. I'm just like, their reason is entirely different. <laughs> yeah, so I really appreciate that. And the fact that you're able to like navigate between a different educational system in Korea, going to Canada, still excelling speaks volume to the person you are. Right. And to speak about the reason why, like, you're being so interested in medicine, like eczema, that I think eczema is a lot more common than people think. Right. And eczema, it is very common. And then you'll be surprised as to how, like, skin condition can really affect someone's identity so much. And mm. it's not just like eczema, like, even people who have acne, which is so common, especially for teenagers, like, you'll be surprised how people can even become depressed from like severe acne. And I would say that's also where, like, my interest in skin health kind of stem from as well and I really truly enjoy like you know caring for people who have skin complaints because I personally understand like how much impact it can have on their overall well-being yeah and honestly looking at you now I can I can't even picture it yet at all and <laughs> thank you out of curiosity at one point at any point in your life do you take any topical steroids to like treat your eczema or was oh yeah something... oh yeah for oh, sure wow. Like topical steroids, um, other topical treatments as well. I even taken like systemic steroids because oh, wow. topical didn't work. Mm. And I've also seen so many like natural, like naturopathic doctor in Korea as well. To be honest, I'm not sure whether it worked. Yeah. But yeah, I've seen like so many different like healthcare providers and try so many different treatments. But I was really lucky in a sense that I came to Canada because I think the environmental part really played a big role too in my skin condition as well. So as soon as I came here, um, just the temperature itself really helped me to kind of recover from all the years of eczema that I had back in Korea. <laughs> Let's talk about topical steroids real quick. I know it's a little bit off topic, but just mm -hmm. so our listeners don't know what that is, it's not steroids that make you really buff <laughs> at the gym. Uh, can you kind of clarify that? What is, what is topical steroids? And what the, I mean, kind of curiosity too, what are the benefits and risks of that? So I would say in terms of topical steroids, so yes, it is very different from the systemic steroids that some people may take to like bulk up. So it's why you apply on the skin, usually used for a skin condition where there's a bit of inflammation. So that can include any kind of dermatitis, whether it's the contact dermatitis, atopic dermatitis, irritant dermatitis. So any part where it's red and itchy, topical steroid can actually help bring down the inflammation. The only thing that you have have to be worried about is let's say if someone were to apply it consistently over a long period of time they can have some of the side effects including thinning of the skin they can also cause pigmentation changes for some people like it may leave a little bit of like telangiectasia which is like a superficial blood vessels to become more obvious in your skin so when you're applying the steroid you just have to make sure that you talk to your healthcare provider especially if it's gonna be like a long-term application and then also when you're applying 
applying on the area where the skin is thin. So that would include around your neck, any skin folds or your face. You got to be more cautious. Definitely. That's really factual information. I love it. I love when you talk about yourself. It's very cheerful. When you talk about serious things, like your tone of voice changes a bit. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I definitely trust her as, as my primary care. <laughs> <laughs> And I, I know this is a great segue to talk more about your social media side, right? Because mm -hmm. I think it's how we initially found out about each other, which is via Instagram. Right. And you you post some really cool content about skincare and skin routine. Like, how do you find time for that? <laughs> right? And how do you make time for that? And how do you like get the inspiration to like do multiple things and wear multiple hats? Hmm. You know what? That's a very good question. In terms of the time part, I have to say it's a bit challenging in a way, especially if I want to stay on top of it. Because these days, I feel like, you know, content creators, they come up with new contents, new reels, videos, like consistently, whether it's like a few times per week. So trying to stay on top of that, in addition to the full-time work that I'm doing, definitely it's not an easy work but what I try to do is whenever I have a day off I will try to dedicate a few hours of my week just to mass video shoots all the different contents and I will say like there's so many great like content creators out there that just scrolling through those videos I can get inspiration I can also get some ideas for like what I want to make for my own videos so that's been very helpful the other question that you asked about as to like how you know I was able to kind of dive into to this i would say like i never really planned to kind of be this active on the social media when i initially started it just kind of happened over time so it was never planned but i started more as part of my hobbies so i started instagram for instance like back in the medical school and i thought it was just like a great platform for me to just share my areas of interest including photography and traveling and also share just snapshot on my day and that's how i started and over time i realized that my social media was growing and also that's when I start to realize that it can be a very powerful tool for me to connect with other people like yourself, right? Like, I don't think we would have ever connected unless I had this like social media platform and also just to educate other people as well. So that's what I started realizing over time. Then COVID hit <laughs> and I feel like that was a very interesting time period because so many of our lives changed dramatically during COVID. And I think a lot of people also picked up new hobbies. And there's also a booming of social media. And that's where I picked up like other social media platforms, including TikTok and YouTube. And during that time, I've also realized that more of a medical professionals and healthcare workers are were taking more active role in social media because there is actually a lot of audience like seeking, you know, advice from medical experts about this new virus that no one knew about. So I feel like all of those kind of acted together for me to take more active presence on the social media over time. I'm really glad that, you know, you're building your social media presence because I think that regardless of what industry you're in, it's getting increasingly more important to build your personal brand. Mm -hmm. right? And we're at, we're at a new stage of like where we view our professional career. It's, it's, we're not silo into one thing, right? We're not just engineers, we're not just doctors. We're multifaceted. We're great at a lot of different things. I'm kind of curious too, like what is your creative process like? And I understand that most of your content, there's a lot of thought into it. There's a lot of medical advice to it. And kind of curious, like, do you like plan things ahead of time? Do you write in your notebook or what to say? How many takes did it take you to record each segment? And what is the preparation process like? 
to be honest, I think I could be definitely more systematic when it comes to like creating contents. For me, what I do is during my free time, whenever I scroll my social media, I would try to see what other content creators are making. And I would take a note of few of the ones where I feel like I could tweak around to make it to my own niche. So I would just save it to other side. And what I do is during the time where I dedicated to make a you know content that's where I would go through all those like things where I saved yeah and then kind of took it around to the content I feel like I could educate to my own audience and in terms of the content wise I think that's also pretty much like sharing the areas of my interest and what I usually do for my patients as well so I try to combine like what I see on a daily basis with maybe the things that people bring up um, as a questions to my social media as well because there are a lot of people who reach out asking for medical advice and obviously I'm not supposed to provide those medical advice like one-to-one to the other person without any examination but in terms of basic education wise I'm able to do that through making a content so what I try that's what I try to address whenever I make those contents yeah I mean that's that's really awesome to hear right and you have to be careful about that right even yes my lawyer would say something about that too. He's like, do not give out any <laughs> in business advice, financial advice, medical advice, or legal advice. It's all illegal. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And I'm kind of curious too, like how has your perception of yourself and identity changed after becoming a doctor and, you know, building a pretty sizable presence on social media? How has like your perception of yourself has changed over time? I would say that's a very deep question and it's very hard for me to say as to whether my self-identity has really changed since I started working, you know, in the medical field or getting, you know, more of a presence on the social media. I still feel the same person as I was before, but I'm just blessed to be like where I am today, given all these things. But kind of going back to like what you mentioned about this day's job doesn't really define who you are. Like you can have so many interests like outside of your job. And that's what I try to do like myself as well, because it's very easy to be like swept away by, you know, working hard and just like devoting your life to your full-time work. And I can just remain as like doctor and not do like this kind of other things outside of my work, such as like being on a social media or doing things that I'm doing, whether it's teaching. But I feel like just having that variety interest outside of work really complete who I am. So that's what I try to do even when my schedule is busy to like still do and stay on top of like things that I enjoy. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess the next question kind of eludes to like the last question I asked. Mm-hmm. Can you walk us through like what your workplace is like and if there's any challenges of like being like Asian Canadian women at work and what the dynamic is like at work? Ah, that's a really good question. So I would say in terms of my current workplace, I work in a like private like medical practice with group of other family doctors. And that's like typical like office work. So what I would do is I will start my day around 9am, finish my day at 5pm. And then I will probably have all the patients booked every 20 minutes or 15 to 20 minutes. And they will come into my room, they will talk about their complaints or their 
concerns and I'm trying to like educate them and address it. And I do have my dedicated one hour lunch, which I think is very important when it comes to your full-time job. Um, your wellness is very important. I will say like my work can really vary a lot, whether I'm working in the medical clinic versus medical spa. So let's say if I'm working in the medical spa doing like cosmetic procedures, such as boxes and fillers, it can be a very busy day. Like I would have multiple patients kind of lined up in different rooms and I would walk room to room like doing all these procedures what I really enjoy is this job is very fulfilling in a way that people really appreciate the service that you provide and that's been really rewarding in a sense like despite of some of the long hours of work that I may have to do some of the challenges I would have to say, which I don't think I face as much now that I have my own practice and everyone knows that I'm their care providers, but going through the medical trainings, being a medical student and also as a resident and also being a petite Asian woman, <laughs> there's been a lot of times when I would be misunderstood as nurses, which I like personally, I'm not like, you know, putting down the nurses, like they do amazing job, like they have like such a great bedside manner and they're the one who's providing the direct care to the patients but I would say I think just being a female and petite that just like creates this stereotype that I'm not the medical provider but more so the nurse and yeah and one sad thing that I also encounter is people attitude change so much once they know that you're the doctor rather than nurses. But I feel like nurses should also be as equally respected because they provide great care. They play such an important role. So that was kind of settling to kind of realize as I was going through training. Yeah, I mean, I asked that question because I think that question came out yesterday during a different interview that I thought was really okay. fascinating. So we have a friend that graduated Harvard Medical School and she felt really inclined to like put Harvard doctor, Harvard everything mm -hmm. underneath her signature because in a way she almost felt very invisible to the mm -hmm. hospital ecosystem and to patients, right? Because as you alluded earlier, like it's a lot of times that you were mistaken as a nurse and again, no shades of nurse, you do great work, right? But then part really got me curious about how you felt about your workplace too. Like if you were anytime felt like you were invisible, felt like you weren't being heard, felt like, I, I hate to say this, felt like an other right mm. um, just, just curious like in your like experience yeah I would say like there definitely been times especially as a trainer going through those trainings I would say it gets a little bit easier as an attending but when you're working in the bigger settings for example in the hospital so when I first started working as an attending I did work in the hospital caring for COVID patients as well and when there are a lot of other people who are involved and they don't necessarily know you in like person to person like one-to-one -one, I think it's easier to have those you know encounters kind of stem and I would say there are definitely times where I felt like I have to wear a white coat <laughs> just to show or just to let them know that I'm the doctor and not nurse but even then like they would actually mistake me as a pharmacist <laughs> because I'm a female and also look very young <laughs> oh, yeah that that is uncovering one of many things that we need to address in our society right and mm -hmm. this is not just the medical industry it's everything let's be honest here wall street has it other professions have it professional tech has it everything has it right and i just want to put that out in the open so more people can hear because i feel like the key to change is awareness 
Mm -hmm. right and I feel like that's the only way that we can be more mindful moving forward so thank you for sharing that yeah not a problem of course and the next question I hope we aren't diving too deep and personal but I do want to ask more about your mental health right Mm -hmm. in particular I want to ask about times where you felt really frustrated at work or you felt really frustrated on social media and you felt really sad, right? And how do you overcome those? Because I think that with society, that the way society is right now, a lot of us see the highlight reels. We see the smiles. We see, you know, the glam, the glitz and glam. There's a lot more to that, right? It's a lot of like days that are very unglory days where you're like, man, today sucked. I, I, I just want to like lay down and cry or whatever you want to do. And I want to talk more about that too, because I want to bring more awareness that we aren't superheroes, that we're just human beings, like the person next to us, right? Mm-hmm. And I want to make sure that we're able to cover that side of your story too, because when we look at you, you're remarkable, right? You're a doctor, great energy, great vibes, social media star, and there's a lot of hard times too that I want to make sure that we cover. Mm-hmm. I definitely have to echo that even as a healthcare provider, I mean, we're still a human being. So we still go through all the difficult times. We also have emotions and personal struggles. And I would say sometimes it is hard to provide no care to other people, like when you're not at your best self. And I will maybe give one example, like when I had COVID. So for those who don't know, I did recently have COVID. And during that time, I was still working from home. And my body definitely wasn't at the best state. And um, during then, I was still seeing patients, you know, over phone, like not in person. And I would often like talk to people who also had COVID and then they're complaining about their symptoms and like in the back of my mind I'm like oh I'm going through the same thing but I'm in fact not seeing a doctor and then getting the help needed so I feel like there are often this dilemma um, that I have and I'm sure a lot of other healthcare people have too where we put other people first and we don't necessarily care for ourselves and it sometimes goes to a point where it may really take a troll on you and you're just not yourself anymore and not be able to provide a care thankfully for me I would say I really have a great support system so whenever I go through hard time or I had a rough day because it is hard to you know really listen to like people like about their deepest like struggles or concerns because I would say during COVID especially there's been such a rise in the mental health crisis that I've been seeing so many more people who are depressed and just hearing their story in itself is not easy and just imagine like you being on the other side, like listening to people like who are feeling sick or who are feeling guilty about their lives. And just sometimes like, you know, listening to their deepest concerns that they have can also take a pretty big emotional burden on you as well. And oftentimes there are times when I feel emotionally exhausted after kind of like knowing like what's going on in their lives. And I would say that's where I know that I need to like be stressed or do something so that like I can kind of go back and refresh myself whether that's actually talking to people around me whether that's family members or you know friends I also try to stay active on my physical exercise because I think that really helps uh, with the overall wellness as well not just physically so I think creating that routine has definitely helped and also I actually have a group of other doctors who we 
you know, constantly kind of check in on each other and then share difficult cases or share how we feel. And I think that's been really great in terms of like checking in on other people like who may go through like similar struggles, not necessarily like seek help or express it outwards. So I think thankfully for me, I've been able to like keep my mental health sane, but I think that really comes with effort and also creating a good life work balance because I think it is hard or it is very challenging, especially in the beginning when you start working to be able to separate your work and your personal life. And that's definitely the part that I struggle a lot to bringing the work and all the stresses that I get from work home. But later down the road, I realized that it doesn't help anyone. <laughs> so that's what I tried to work on at this time. Yeah. And thank you so much for, for sharing that too. And I can honestly see how mentally exhausting that you can get because you're just a great listener in general, right? And a great friend. And there is a common theme about other medical professionals that I talk to. It really helps mm-hmm. when you have a support community that you can talk to, right? And someone that kind of sort of understands what you're going through, what you're feeling and sort of validate those feelings, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes you wonder is it just me? Am I feeling that way? Like, why am I frustrated? Is anyone else frustrated? Because at work, you know, obviously you keep your professional hat on and you try to like stay as professional as possible. But you know, underneath it's like you're feeling all these things and frustrated and sometimes it's great to talk to people. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah, I do agree. Yeah, like just knowing that you're not alone, having those feelings really validate your experience as well. And I think that really helps. And some people also provide like different perspective into like a personal struggle that you may be going through. So it's always helpful to like check in on others. Definitely. And I guess this is a great segment to talk about reason why we have this podcast, which (laughs) is paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) Yes. So I can't wait to uh, bring Dr. Gia back to her uh, serious tone real quick because we want to talk through with her audience why it's so important to get vaccinated. Mm -hmm. And you know what I have to say, Brian, I really can't emphasize more how important it is to get vaccinated because this is really one of the most efficient and effective way to, you know, protect ourselves, our families and our communities against COVID-19. And there's been so much evidence that, you know, getting vaccinated is very effective in terms of preventing severe illness, hospitalization, and death from COVID-19, as well as potential long-term consequences as well. So there are a lot of people like who may suffer from like longer term consequences from suffering from COVID-19. And that symptoms may include like shortness of breath, cough, headache, fatigue, um, changes in smell or taste. So getting vaccinated can prevent those from happening. The other important thing to highlight would be the fact that like getting a booster vaccine after primary series is also a very important way because it provides a better protection against the newer variants and also severe disease as well. One of the common questions that I actually get asked a lot from my patient is, let's say if they already had COVID-19, they would ask me whether it's still important important for me uh, for them to get vaccinated and my answer would be yes it is still very important because vaccination will actually boost more reliable immunity that will actually provide a better protection and will also last longer so it will still be very important for people to get vaccinated even if they had COVID-19 the other thing is I mean it's been extensively studied by so many different like trials that 
it, we know that it is safe for people to get vaccinated. So I don't think there should be any hesitation to receive it if they haven't. So I will say this is more of, you know, having the informed decision and then also making a decision that will be like, you know, supportive of other people, not just protecting yourselves, but people around the community. Absolutely. Great answer. And I guess I have to follow up this question too. I want to talk about your personal experience having COVID. And I'm so glad you're doing a lot better today. And mm -hmm. for our listeners, we were scheduled to have a podcast last week, but you know, Dr. Gia wasn't feeling too well. And yeah, I want to talk through your experience having COVID and feeling the relief that you did get vaccinated beforehand. And like, hearing to realize how mild the symptoms can be once you're vaccinated don't get me wrong like you're still gonna feel like crap right <laughs> you, you have COVID regardless if you're vaccinated or not but just having covid after getting vaccinated how it has like that relieved some of the other you know symptoms that could be a lot potentially a lot worse Mm -hmm. So to be honest, I haven't been sick for a while. And I think that may have been because I've been vaccinated so many times going through medical training. So not having been sick for like years and then getting COVID definitely was on the harder side of my body. But going through it, I also thought to myself, like how much sicker I would have felt if I wasn't vaccinated, right? So I will, for me, my symptoms included no myalgia so having muscle aches very fatigued i was feeling tired i couldn't get out of bed i had high fever of around like 38.6 headache also like sore throat and cough um they were pretty bad for the first three days and then slowly got better over time and cough is what lasted a lot longer than any other symptoms but for now um, i would say my cough has almost disappeared so it's actually great that i'm able to kind of come back to my baseline and even when I was sick I mean it was definitely hard on my body but I was able to still work from home and then still care for others and I think that was only possible because I was fully vaccinated and I just can't imagine like how severe the symptoms could have been or lasted even longer if I wasn't yeah and thank you for sharing that too and I can't believe you were working while you weren't feeling well and it just speaks volume to who you are as a person and being caring for your patients too because you're always very empathetic, right? You know, like someone's not feeling well, they want to talk to their primary care doctor and you're there for them. So thank you so much for that. Oh, no, not a, yeah, not a problem. It's always my pleasure to be there for other people too. And I honestly felt very bad for canceling all the appointments that have been booked for my patients. So it's always my pleasure to be there for them. Of course. So Dr. Gia, we have two more questions from the podcast mm -hmm. ends. So the next question I have is, what advice do you have for another medical professional who wants to like pursue various side hustles and get themselves on social media? Because a lot of my medical friends always, I don't know for their excuse or not, they're always like, mm -hmm. I'm a doctor, I don't need to be on social media, I don't like to talk in front of the camera. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so I wanna, what advice do you have for someone who, who is like in the medical field as, you know, obviously a nurse, doctor, dentist, whatever, how can they like get themselves comfortable in front of the camera? I would say it comes to practice. Like no one's going to feel comfortable with anything if it's their first time. Even myself, I never felt comfortable filming myself. When I was making a first YouTube video, that was very hard. It just felt so awkward, like listening to your voice and also, you know, seeing your own face. But I think over time, like with practice, it will get easier. And it's actually better if you enjoy the process. Because I feel like once it actually starts feeling like work, it can be a little bit harder for you to keep it up so if you have an interest in doing this and if you're able to somehow make it in a 
way that you're able to enjoy the process. I think that's going to work out better in the long term as well. But practice, I would say, is a key. Absolutely. And I'm sure like um, all the medical professionals would know whenever we do anything for the first time, which we eventually have to during our training, we never feel comfortable, but you just have to act confident that you can do it. And I think that mantra, that mindset that you have, and over time you practice, I think they will eventually get to where they want to be. Definitely. That's a great mindset to have. And not, it's not just social media. It's everything you do, right? It's everything in life. Yeah. So we have one final question. And that question is, how can our listeners find out more about you, reach out to you online? Yeah, that's a great question. So I'm quite active on social media. I would say Instagram is one of the biggest platforms that I have. So they can search me by my ID. So it's with Dr. Gia. I also go by same ID on TikTok as well. The other YouTube like channel will be the YouTube and they can search with Dr. J and that's how they can reach me out. Awesome. We'll include all that in the show notes. But Gia, <laughs> thank you so much for being on the podcast today. We really appreciate oh, it. Oh, not a problem. Thank you so much, Brian, for having me here again. Of course. Hey, guys, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Please subscribe to the show. We would like to get to the top 10 on iTunes, so be sure to leave us a five-star review. We release an episode every single Wednesday, so stay tuned. Thank you guys so much.